What's going on, misfits? Another week, another episode. But I am recording this intro live from South Carolina. And yes, I'm giving you my sexy Sade voice because it is two something in the morning. And this is the only time that I can get this done. Um, I am visiting family. And, you know, whenever you visit folks in the South, um, first of all, my relatives are hella old. So that means I'm doing everything for everybody, like mopping floors, cooking meals. Yesterday I made soup with chicken feet in it. I did not eat it, but you know, I had to help out as I could best. And that's what the Lord sent me down here to do was cook chicken soup with feet in it. But I am so happy that we have this episode. This week's guest is Kevin Sean. He is a uh, laugh out loud funny. He's also a finance man by day and a comedian by night. So, you know, he talks about the duality of being a professional, but chasing your creative dreams, which, you know, I'm all for. He's also a Brooklyn native like myself, and he has some hilarious stories about his family. All I have to say is Uncle Ricky. Um, When you get to Uncle Ricky, you will probably cry laughing. And we also talk about what owning a sex robot says about you it's 2018 people got to get it in a different way so that means you got to save your coin and get your android that's not going to say no <laughs> hashtag me too um now the business i told you my goal i'm being very transparent i want this podcast to be big and i want you guys to like it share it and rate it on itunes and soundcloud and also join my mailing list and all these details will be in the subscription well, description. I told you it's to something in the morning. Description of the show. Enjoy. You're listening to Social Misfit. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Social Misfit with me, your host, Chloe Hilliard. On my couch, being consistent, I'm joined by comedian, writer, new actor. I've just peeped that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, father. And former basketball player, Kevin Sean. Hey, what's up, everybody? Happy to be here. Um, So when I say basketball player, I don't want people to think that you play professionally, but you did play. I did play. I did play. Uh, I was okay. You know, I was okay. I got better later. I was a late bloomer. Wait, I played basketball. I didn't start till I was 13. So that's late. I started late as well. Later than 13? Yeah, because in Brownsville, my parents didn't want me to be in the park because... They were shooting in the park Every day, every day. Every day. It was nuts. (laughs) (laughs) It was like Syria in Brownsville. But you you get so used to it, it's just normal. But I wasn't allowed to go to the park. But when I got older, they kind of couldn't control me. And I started playing, you know, a lot more basketball. So nobody told your parents about the quintessential hoop dream of if your son is tall, let him play and get y'all out the hood. See, and that's where the hood aspect of my background comes in. (laughs) So, so. My dad is 6'6". I do not know him. Mm-hmm. He lives in Brooklyn. I probably, you know, people are like, hey, man, you should give him a look. I don't even want to give him a look. Uh-huh. But uh, he's tall, but I grew up with my grandparents. Mm-hmm. So they're they're short. So they, uh-huh. they were just like, you know, and they're old. So they don't care. And when I started getting tall, they was like, oh, that's right. <laughs> he was tall. <laughs> How tall is your mom? My mom's tall. She's like 5'8". So my uh-huh. sister's um nikia is about five eight malika's five two damn four kids four four different dudes okay okay you know, the hood yeah, is the ultimate it's it's actually weird like i'm i'm an anomaly like what, what in is some that sense. that you got out of the hood no not not that you got out of the hood just in the sense that 
like my sisters if you met the rest of my family Mm -hmm. you would be like whoa this is so why do you think you're so different than your family not all my family Uh but like just a a huge you're the oldest no i'm not the oldest i got two older sisters okay okay. yeah but just but you're the only boy yeah and well i got a younger brother Mm. yeah how tall is he Mm, six two okay yeah six two so he 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 lives in the bronx Mm -hmm. yeah so it's it's a, it's a crazy story with my my like family. Don't like, worry, we'll get to it. Let's read your social media posts. Okay. New sex bots are about to ruin brothers' lives. <laughs> <laughs> why do you think? Why first of all, why are men so upset about this sex bot situation? I, I think it's just nonsense, and I, I don't know. I, I think there's enough erectile dysfunction in this country, mm-hmm. and it's just gonna boom with these bots. You think so? Yeah. Okay. So what is the problem with men using toys to please them the way that women use toys to please us? I think toys are dangerous in general. What are you talking about? Because they can, you can get used to something. Mm -hmm. Toys, any any non-stimulant that isn't real is like dangerous. And I can only speak from dudes. Like dudes, we watch a lot of porno, but at a certain point you go down this dark hole and then you yeah, watching you shit get, you don't need to be watching. I also feel like you get you can get physically desensitized. Exactly. Exactly. But I don't think they're dangerous. I think it's like all things you just have to use it in moderation. You just have to know your limits. Yeah, but a lot of people don't know their limits. And next thing you know, you asking her why she not hawk spitting on you and that's not really So do you think <laughs> that it leads to unrealistic expectations from men when it comes to sex toys? Or you think that men realize that a woman won't tolerate them as much because uh, now women have options for sex toys. Like a male, like we're talking about the Android mm-hmm. human, li- human looking people. Yeah. I mean, th- cause I think it's ego. You think it's ego? In what I think, respect? I think that no man wants to admit that he can't get bitches. So and, you're just going to cop a rubber one? Yeah. So no, so I'm saying like no man, no man is like, you know what? I'm tired of going out to the club and buying drinks with bitches. They ain't going to give me their real name and phone number. Fuck it. I'm just going to get a robot. I feel like that can like their conceding is too much of a blow to the ego where they're like, damn, I'm really out here fucking a robot. I can't get no bitches. <laughs> yeah. That's really what it is. <laughs> That's why, because I saw social media and I'm looking, it's like all the black dudes are hella fucking like aggy about it. Uh, but uh, well, white dudes. Man, man, because I've seen both sides. Listen, it, it, white it, men have been fucking rubber human oh. dolls not even robots just yeah. the bitch that just sit in one position that you gotta like move Since that the real sex days yeah, yeah 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 white yeah. dudes have been fucking rubber dolls for eons asian dudes been fucking rubber dolls for blow up dolls so now when you get like a little animatronics on it niggas is like nah and, it's crazy and no one made dolls for us it's like progress yeah kind of you yeah. know in the country I just want to know because they're making dolls for us now. If you were to order, that not thick? not you, but I'm just saying, if a man was to order a doll in the hood, how you think you gonna get that box in your house without people figuring out what it is? Oh, you know it's coming in the refrigerator box or something. You gonna go pick it up from the place, put it in the refrigerator box, and get it in your crib? TV. You can't. The thing is, you can't get it dropped off. Oh no, way. niggas will steal all the packages. No way. And then no way. Let you know a box of that size in a bad neighborhood. <laughs> forget about it. <laughs> it's done. Yeah, but the male ego, I think, is just that fragile. I mean, how much are they going for? Let me see. They're three thousand dollars. Three thousand dollars. I priced them. Why did you price them? I'm not them? saying I, I. I just gave it a look. 
you know. What, and what did you find in your uh, research? I, I found that you know shipping's kind of expensive on it. It's How about, much? It's a hundred bucks. That, what the fuck? That's nothing. A hundred bucks on a three thousand dollar product. Hey, they're sending it freight, right? So uh, I just looked into the price, how they're shipping it, and the cost. No, no, of no, shipping. no, 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 no! Try to minimize it. <laughs> what made you look into the price? Because I was curious. Okay. And the price has come down over the years. Okay. Because real sex days, you were talking about the white guys. Yeah. Those are ten grand. They were uh, very expensive. Yeah. And 10 we were looking at them because my thing is, if you got ten grand, that's a lot of pussy you could have bought, and like human pussy that you could have bought. You could have rationed that out over a good two years. Yeah, yeah, you could. You I mean, could. it would it would be low grade pussy. It's definitely yeah. like like forty five dollars a pop, but that's out a of the lot. five barrels. Yeah, you get a deal, you maybe a been, bargain. You would have been a Hunts Point a lot. Uh, yeah, but that, all up in Hunts Point. Do you want to be there these days? You know, I don't know. I guess they, you know, it might be under gentrification right now, so it might be like higher profile. You saying like they may have gentrified the hoes? Oh yeah, you don't think you think all of these young white girls moving to New York has got it made? I'm sure they out here pussy popping for like you know mm. books. Yeah, I I guess it's inflation and everything, and things have to improve. Yeah, even the hoes. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. So, what is it that? Why do you think that black men are so opposed or making fun of these sex dolls now? Because you're a loser if you get a sex doll. <laughs> you think like so? you've crossed the threshold of like losing them when you buy it, it, it you can't first of where the fuck do you put a sex doll in the closet it has oh it gotta have something. it gotta be in a closet with plastic bags on it a sheet and a rope tied around no it. you gotta no you gotta the respect kids run it into that when they come to the house oh there's kids in the house they, it, it could be well what? i feel like if you have a sex robot you shouldn't have kids in the house well the type of person that can afford the sex robot may be I'm just putting it out there. Middle class married brother. Oh, no, no. There's no way a married man is getting a sex robot. Yeah, right. It's all like the, the weirdos that can't get anything but yeah man that's why it's all those it's all those like those like like those nerdy dudes who can't grow a full beard yeah they wear like lanyards for no reason that's what we think new balances is ran over on the outside of the soul they like comic books for no reason they eat like you know cereal for dinner yeah, and they don't buy any clothes or all their t-shirts and shit that they got for free like car wash t-shirt or the Yankees when they go and they shoot them through the look t-shirt gun <laughs> and they just save all their money because they eat like shit but can they sustain an industry I think we're, we're giving these brothers these married brothers a pass Listen, check the basement they sustain the comic book industry who you think is buying comic books now, I feel like comic books now now I, I have now that. now it is trendy to collect comic books but the bulk of the audience that held it down was niggas getting no pussy but sex dolls but dudes that get no pussy typically do a little bit better in life because they don't have focus. any yeah because they're not yeah. fucking yeah. do you know how focused yeah. we would all be if we wasn't having sex that's true I would no, retile my bathroom if I wasn't fucking <laughs> You would redo the whole bathroom. I would from scratch. Call me Bob Vila, Vila. Yeah, that'd Bob be me. Vila. You turn to Bob Vila. Once the dick's out, you yeah, just, you hammers. Oh, in your head. I would be able to meditate on hours on end if I wasn't getting into my life. There's nothing it's to so tempt true, me. Though. It's so you true. Kinda, it's a, I mean, I, you're an attractive guy. I don't know if you've ever gone a long that. time. Calm down. Get if you've it. gone a long, stop licking your lips. Gone a long right. time. Hey, you know, <laughs> without. 
vagina, but in your moment of no sex, didn't you find yourself like in a more productive oh, everything's space? Everything's clear. I'm seeing uh, like the next step mm. in whatever I'm trying to do. But you know, it's weird. I think I think I've ruined. I've wasted my twenties fucking everybody. No, hold on. Was I doing a lot of fucking in my twenties? I had spurts. I had moments. Okay. But I think so. You for, were able to focus and lock in every now. And yes, then. because I only was really dealing with like one person for an extended period of time. Uh, we well, that's different. You no, know, we were in a relationship, but I just had somebody that like fulfilled oh. my basic needs, so mm. I didn't have to like go out and like okay. try and date. But I also didn't date. Like so, mm-hmm. I did. I just worked all the time, and whenever I was backed up, I would like go see this dude, mm-hmm. and we would like watch Netflix, like for real Netflix and chill. Like it was so funny because when like, they said it, yeah, he was the audio. <laughs> DVD he was like so what do you want to watch next week Friday and I'd be like pick this and pick that and then we get food so you saw the half of everything on Netflix we would always <laughs> watch the first movie we never make it to the second one okay okay so then, okay so you actually got through I actually movie. got I don't remember none of the movies we watch but I know we used to watch movies though but because I had somebody you know scratching that itch then mm-hmm. I didn't have to focus on like going out and dating yeah and I think that freed me up to be more productive in my 20s. Uh, granted, I don't do anything I did in my 20s anymore, but I yeah. definitely reached a well, certain level, I feel, of success because I wasn't like out there chasing. But the thing is, like, women don't chase dick the way men chase pussy. Men have to do a lot. You got to be out. Yeah, you got to get yeah. your hair cut every fucking yeah. week. You got to dress nice, get wash. nice shoes, wash, wash. <laughs> you got to buy drinks and like go up to a girl and all that. But see, oh. guys don't do that no more. Now, guys go to women less uh, in New York, I, I think. It's terrible. How did you meet your woman? Uh, we met in high school. Oh, so you just went back no, to the we, year. No, you went we, on Facebook and was like, so no, what's up? She ran into a friend, a mutual friend, and she was like, oh, hey, how's it going? We hung out and we made a kid. I hate the fact that you've simplified it that much. But that's how it happened. But when With you... so. Month. Wait, so <laughs> a, a month. month? Yeah, a month changed my life. Damn. Yeah, crazy. Okay, so she asked about you through a mutual friend. Mm-hmm. And then y'all, and then the mutual friend told you what? Uh, Hit that. And no, you- he didn't say that. <laughs> uh, but he was like, oh, I ran into your friend. I was like, yo, give me her number. Mm-hmm. You know, I asked for her number. I was like, hey, let's grab a drink. And I had my whole, you know, setup ready. And What's your setup? Oh, I, I mean, it's done. It's over. You a rap? You shut. You locked in now. Yeah. You might as well. You, you know what play I was running? What? What's the play? It the play changes. It depends on the girl and everything. What well, place you take you it to? You out the game, so how, you might as well the, share what it is. Oh no! It was just I got my play together. What I was doing that night. How I plan on get. Hey, you want to drink at the crib? Hey, what oh. spots we go to? The proximity to my crib. I don't go too far away from my crib. It's my play, you know. Got it. Yeah. So you mapped it out. Well, what play I'm running? Uh huh. Because it's different plays. Like, you could be like Fox Trot. That's that's the play. <laughs> Shut up. It's <laughs> an example of a play, you know. So yeah. But now that you're out, the, how long you been out the game now? Two years, my daughter too. Two yeah. years. So now that you're out the game, and your friends, do you have a lot of single friends? Less and less, but I have I have single friends. Yeah. So how do they approach dating now? Because I feel like oh, social media has they're just smashing. They're just out here. Yeah, dicks with bad intentions. Let me tell you something. There's nothing <laughs> wrong. There's nothing wrong with dicks with bad intentions. The problem is, is that guys don't realize that there are women that just want dick too. 
And what they do is they end up thinking that they got to run a game on you instead of just being like, listen, this is all I can offer. I only got dick and two drink minimum. Mm -hmm. That's it. Like a comedy club. That's a comedy club. You're going to get two drinks, some laughs, and some dick. That is it. That is it. And they will get way more. They will get way more out of of the deal than like acting like women can't handle a non-committed, intimate relationship. Can I tell you the problem with that? What? Is getting to the chick that just wants you know just consensual sex whenever she wants it because it's normally on her terms for the most part Uh uh-huh and uh getting to that woman takes a lot of knows what the fuck and i did it before i tried it out like yo i just want to have sex like i'm not looking for anything serious we go out i I pick up the phone i do all that (laughs) you know and and it's like you, you you get one out of four, you know, because a lot of women, especially when you are in your late twenties, early thirties, they, they, they got dick. Like it's like you not, yeah, yeah. I seen that before. Mm-hmm. I know that one, that curve. You know, they they've been <laughs> out here, you know. So so you're not doing nothing. So it's one of those things. They want the next step. Yeah. And um, I you know you, as a guy, you can really take advantage of that right now. Mm-hmm. Just in that sense, you just out here fucking and and then you know women will let you that's how dudes you know they, we do a little better you know as we get older because when we were younger we were scratching them elbows trying to get your attention mm-hmm. hey can i talk can i buy you a drink can i get get, get? hey 28 mm-hmm. tables turn yeah it's my turn but now because of social media mm-hmm. and men being lazy and not wanting to pursue women technology technology and now the whole me too movement now mm-hmm. guys got to be really careful how they go up to women uh yeah you know the weird thing it's true because i I think this because i have a daughter Mm -hmm. so like i'm me too supporter (laughs) you know seriously yeah she's gonna go to work one day and i don't want some guy to be like blow me for this job you know and then she's in a weird situation depending on where she is economically Mm -hmm. she might blow you know i don't want her in that but you also have to teach her to like control that situation sure because instead, because a lot of times women are in those situations, and we get really small, we minimize ourselves, mm-hmm. we get low, we you know we we not cow, like cower down, but we don't is let that our presence. Fault? No, I think it is. I think it's. I think it's I the parents. I think it's yeah. whoever's raising you needs to tell you to use your voice and, and be unapologetic about it. So if somebody's approaching you in a very aggressive, or violent, or sexually assaulty way, mm-hmm. you got to draw attention to it. Because the best yeah. thing to do, the the worst thing to do is to walk out like nothing happened. The thing that you have to do is draw attention to it at that moment so people can see, like, yeah. you know, because like what, like why would you, like why would you make a scene if something didn't happen? Sure. Uh, it- I mean, it happens, but mm-hmm. you know, because you it, work in corporate, yeah. Oh, <laughs> it, it's finance is a little different because like guys are a little bit more buttoned up, but they shoot their shot. Mm-hmm. They shoot their in shot in the, the office bar. or like at the at bar, the at, bar the, uh-huh. at the bar. They don't shoot the shot in the office. You're working, like, yeah. it, it, like what are you doing? But um, they shoot their shot at these interns and these young women. The white woman just put up with it. They like put up with some stuff. I've heard some stuff. But even now, like now that the Me Too movement, no. Is- Okay. No, I mean I haven't heard anything recently, mm-hmm. but I have heard things throughout my career. But I think we're kind of going, you know, it's getting a little crazy. <laughs> you know, I do think it's getting a little crazy because, um, you know, a lot of guys we've been sexually harassed and nobody gives a shit. Excuse me, what? I'm serious. Who have you been sexually remember harassed? Remember all those? Remember, like women just sit on your lap, stuff like that. Now, to if be I honest, if I grab you and pull you on my lap. 
That's assault. Okay, listen. I don't want to say that I've you been assaulted. were not sexually harassed. I just said what because I needed clarification on what you thought was. Say. I'm not saying that men can't be sexually harassed, but I wanted to see what is your definition of sexual I've got my penis grabbed in the clubs, butt slaps. If that's sexual assault, I'm blocking <laughs> up a lot of people, you know? And, um, you know, it just happens to guys. But but I, I think there's a. It's, it's it's very different, mm-hmm. right? Because there's a physical aspect to being a man and a female, um, so I, I think it's very different. Uh, but I do, you know, with Aziz and sorry, I, I think it, you know, it was it, it went a little. I okay, so this is my thing because I feel like you're being really diplomatic right here when it comes to Aziz. Is that I don't know Aziz. I never worked with him. I don't know him personally mm-hmm. at all. I just know he's a comic. I know everything that everybody else knows about him. When it comes to the situation with this girl, so this like 22, 20 year old girl met him. If you haven't read the story, she met him, uh, exchanged information. They started tweeting, no, texting each other. Then when they were both in the same city, he invited her out to dinner. She met him at his apartment, which is already screw up number one. You don't go to nobody's apartment on no first date. Met him at the apartment, but left the apartment. apartment. I don't give a fuck. I'm not I going mean, to you. Nope. I'll meet you downstairs by the doorman. I'm not going upstairs. Yeah, but it's a dope building. Like you know. Let me tell you something. I'm not going upstairs because that there's a that reduces my chance of leaving. Not like ultimately, but like yeah. if the goal is to go out to eat, I want to eat. Yeah, let's go out. To yeah, eat. give uh-huh. me my motherfucking free meal. <laughs> so I'm not I'm not going. And and also from a from a standpoint, like as a man, either you either you're either you're meeting me there or you're picking me up. You know what I'm saying? Like if you got that much money, you gotta you gotta send a car for me. You gotta pick me up, or you meet me at the restaurant. And then from there, we can probably go get a dessert and then walk around. But I still wouldn't go up to your place. And if I did go up to your place, I'm fucking you. Like, I wouldn't go up there if I wasn't planning on fucking you. That's what my so, daddy used to always say. Yeah. My grandfather. Yeah. So it's like when she, you know, had this this whole article and being like she felt like she was being, you know, assaulted. It like. I'm not saying that she doesn't feel the way she felt, but I feel like it's this instance where I mentioned earlier, it's like your parents or whoever raises you need to let you know that that's not a situation you put yourself in. And if you do, this is what is expected of you. Mm-hmm. And also we got to teach women to stop putting ourselves in these situations, thinking that we can control every aspect of it when you can't, because most times physically you're not strong enough to beat a nigga's ass. Yeah. And two, we got to teach men that you can't, the, the days of preying on women like a wild animal is over. And so if boys are constantly taught to praying go on women. what do you mean praying like the way men court, yeah i think the way men approach women is is an animalistic like you know <laughs> lion in the bushes they like i'm gonna go get that one on top of you who and penetrate in the jungle that's no i don't mean like sexually i mean like the the hunt the hunt the chase okay. you know okay. we call it the chase it's okay. a chase which means somebody in the party is running and someone's chasing them okay which is not a fair and balanced way that you want to start any relationship with anybody is being chased hey, i just want to know what you meant by hollering because you know some guys are yelling but i think that's dying cat calling is it yes i I, i've I've seen less of it i can't say it's for everyone everywhere but i just saw two old black dudes collaring at this young girl she was walking like walking down the street creepy when i see and she had on leggings she had on leggings and like a jacket like a bubble jacket but it was like above her butt and it was like oh look at that jiggling over there yeah girl it was old old yeah yeah. when it's old dudes but it's also kind of like they they old like that like like i can't i mean i can be disgusted but i wouldn't I personally wouldn't go up to him like, yo, why are you saying it to her? Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, because no. it's like, it's like yeah. old dog, new trick. Like they got to 
Figure that shit out. The old cat callers still doing I, it. You know what? I would give a grace period on old niggas still being able to catcall. <laughs> okay, okay. Like if you okay. got letters in numbers in your email account, <laughs> mm-hmm. then like if it's like okay. cat daddy seven seven seven. So they grandfathered in the catcall. I cat think caller. I'm a like I'm a lay old. If you born before sixty five. I think I'm gonna let you just live. You can holler. Yeah, okay. I'm gonna let you live on it. Okay. Like I have a neighbor. Whenever I say he's like, "Hey, sexy," I'm like, "Hey," because yeah. I'm not about to have a conversation. I just and I yeah, he don't give a fuck. Like yeah. he'll say it in front of like his other neighbors, and he's like, "Who are you talking about?" I'm like, "Hey, what's up? Keep moving." I, I think dudes are definitely changing, and it's opening a lot of eyes and young eyes, which are you know next group coming up, like you know fucking right. Mm-hmm. So, but I. Because I, I remember my grandfather used to always tell my older sisters, don't go to no man's house unless you fucking. Mm-hmm. Right? And I used to hear this. And he's like, oh, you cursing? Wait, everything. so what did he used to say to you? He didn't tell me that much about. That's fucked up. Yeah, he didn't tell me that much. You know what I'm saying? That's dumb Yeah, but I, I, had the, I had the morals because I've gotten the, you know, that, that chest hit, like, chill out. From who? A girl before. Oh, wait, the chest hit. Like- yeah, she put herself in a situation. We're on the bed. We're naked, nude, but she didn't want to have sex. Mm-hmm. And I remember that uh, in the position she put herself in. I'm like, whoa. And, you know, she was like, stop. She said, stop. Mm-hmm. I don't want to, you know, do anything. And I was like, all right. And I stopped. But I, I, I did think to myself, wow, there's probably a dude that was in that situation that didn't stop. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because he his adrenaline was just so. But I was able because I, I didn't drink in college mm. so i was clear-minded so it was like okay i stopped and but what did she say after you stopped did you still that like was it. We continue up, to see her yeah, yeah we, uh-huh. we still, and then we dated for like i want to say a year oh wow yeah she was like, He's yeah gentleman. she just wasn't ready like yeah. she was like you know what i'm not ready she only had like two part i didn't know all that you know but she said she had two partners before mm. but she said she it was moving too fast because it was like beginning school but it was just one of those things i'm like how many dudes are stopping in that situation? How old were you? What year were you at? 18, freshman. Oh, freshman. oh wow. Freshman in college. So you talk about your grandfather. So what was your upbringing like? You have older sisters and younger siblings. I had a, actually like had a good lower middle class upbringing. In like, Brownsville. Yeah, we, we owned a brownstone. We I had the basement. Like it was... It was to in yourself? the hood. You're in the hood. No, but you know, I had an uncle that was in and out of jail. <laughs> <laughs> he stayed there. So who lived in the house terrifying. of your siblings? Uh my two older sisters grew we grew up together. Mm-hmm. So my two older sisters, one's seven years apart. So she moved out pretty early. Okay. Um, and I have a sister that's three years older than me. Um, and adopted little sister that actually went back to her family mm-hmm. uh, after her mom got out of jail. Um and my cousin moved in with us. And an uncle who, you know, five years since in prison, mm. he would come out for a couple months, terrorize me, and then go back to jail. What? When he used to go to jail, I used to be so happy. Why did they let him terrorize you? They didn't know he was terrorizing me. You didn't tell them? Well, first off, I, you just, you probably never experienced this, but living with an ex-con <laughs> is like living with an ex-con. <laughs> they do ex-con shit. So I remember one time, I got a Game Boy for Christmas. How old were you? Uh, probably eight. Uh-huh. Uh, no, 10. Like mm-hmm. 10. I was kind of mature. So I got a Game Boy for Christmas and my Game Boy went missing. And we were on bunk beds. Of course, he <laughs> took the top bunk. What? You know. Oh, pr- that's prison. prison. I was in jail. 
Like I was straight up in jail, but no, nobody in my family wants to talk about it. But I was in prison, right? So I, I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to laugh. But okay. just, 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 I, and it was the top. He had the top bunk, so I was like, so you just kept that top bunk empty for whenever he got out of jail. Like you no, never... I had the top bunk and the bottom bunk when he was gone. Okay. I had bunk beds. Okay. I wanted bunk beds, got you it. know. And I had the top bunk, but when he came, he was like, "You got the bottom," and I was How like, "Yo, I got the bottom." So I was ten. He's 28 okay you know mm-hmm. so hey i got the bottom bunk let me not get my ass knocked out yeah right? so it's like jail so i go to the bottom bunk um my grandmother those- like everything all right you know checking and this is her son yeah this is her son this is her baby boy oh, this is God. her baby That's boy and she took me in you know because my my mom was on drugs and stuff like that so she took me in and my two older sisters um, so she and my grandfather, they were great. So your mom is so. So this is these are your mom's parents. Yeah, these are and this is, my mom's is your mom. mom's brothers. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. this is her brother. So your grandparents had how many kids? They had six. Six kids. Yeah. So and I have six uncles and aunts. So the the other ones are good, other than your mom and your uncle. Nah, they all fucked up in a different way. Okay, you know, like they all have different. It, they're like Power Rangers, like different. <laughs> hood powers you know like, like this one steals and this one is on drugs like it's like hood powers but um and your parents your grandparents were like were they saved and sanctified filled with the holy ghost so they were just like no working class. no they you know we we never did church. they forced me to go to church when i was young but around when i turned 12 or 13 i they were like you know if you don't want to go no more you don't gotta go oh, and nice. i was like that was my last day okay at church yeah but they were they were a good couple they yeah, they're loving house and everything. Loving the house, big house. Okay, aunt and uncle on the top floor with uh, one daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that's that's how we wait. So he would just act like he wasn't bullying you whenever. Oh no, no. came home. Well, my Game Boy went missing. First off, he th- he did a lot of things, but my Game Boy went missing, and I was like, Ricky, you see my Game Boy? He's like, Nah, I ain't see it, man. And I'm asking everybody about my Game Boy. I just got it for Christmas, maybe two months ago. And one night I was on the bottom bunk. And I heard, and I'm like, what the fuck? So I jump up, cut on the light, and he got headphones on, and he turns to the side, like, 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 oh shit! He and I was like, Ricky, that's my Game Boy. He's like, oh yeah, I found it. And the, we, th- that's how institutionalized <laughs> he is. We could have shared the Game Boy, yeah, like, but. That doesn't work for him. Mm-hmm. He's like, I have to steal your Game Boy and be in the top bunk. <laughs> That's some <laughs> crazy shit. He would, uh, my um, grandmother had a huge change bowl. Oh, oh no. Niggas love to oh, change, yo. Oh, 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 you know the change oh, bowl. Oh, my God. My uncle stole all of my change out of my change exactly. purse. You know, change to a kid is oh, like millions. That's everything of good, you got. I feel like Scrooge McDuck dropped, yeah. like diving into them gold coins in my <laughs> yeah, motherfucking change yeah. purse. Yeah, he got you me. You count my, your shit every, oh, randomly? Oh, you would stack them coins up, my, the quarters up, the quarters. nickels. How much oh, I got? Yeah. And he was stealing. And he was sending me to the store. He's always sending me to the store. And he would give me like quarters. And I'm like, damn, this nigga, he's like the laundromat with quarters, right? Because <laughs> he would give me like $5 worth of quarters. Wow. I'm like, so I would go to the store, and then it turned into dimes, and then it turned into nickels. <laughs> and that's why I'm like, yo, man, you can't give me a dollar tip in nickels, yeah. right? And next thing you know, my grandmother called me to the room one day, and she was like, um, Sean, are you, because my family called me Sean, and they, they was like, are you stealing? What? And I was like, what do you mean? And it was like, well, we found this 
my change bucket in your clothes. What? The nigga framed me. Are you serious? The nigga framed me. He's, he's 30 at this point. So framed you said, me. no. No, Uncle. I told him. I said no. And they saw like the anger at my, they said, you don't have to say anymore. You don't have to say anymore. He's like, we believe you. And they told me to leave. And I was fuming. Next thing you know, he was um, basically evicted from the top bunk to the living room. <laughs> And that's when the nigga turned nocturnal, and it's a whole nother story. <laughs> that's when the nigga turned nocturnal, and it's a whole nother story. Like, he's a hood tale, so like, it's just sad. Wait, so where do you and Uncle Ricky stand now? If I see Uncle Ricky, I'm going to put my hoodie on. <laughs> I'm going to look to the ground. I'm going to keep it low, and I'm moving. But he still um, goes to my mom's house in the Bronx. And she says she sees him every now and then. I don't think it's beef or anything like that. It's just I don't associate with him. Yeah. For everything he did. Like the baby boy shit, when he um he threw him in a headlock behind yeah. the couch, that shit, when I saw that scene, oh. that's what he did to me. And he said, he said, scream. He was like, oh, he was like, uh, yell to yell to grandma. Yell to grandma, you little bitch. He's always calling me a little bitch. And you tell them this and they have no they have no Yeah, they know. They knew he was doing this, or they yeah, yeah. I would, like- I would, I, I, I stopped telling because we eventually fought senior year, uh, high school. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you was and big I started shit to get big by then. How tall was he? He's like six two, solid, oh, okay. like uh-huh. oh, muscular build. Yeah, nigga like, strong. Yeah, yeah. That hood shrimp, <laughs> yeah. honey buns in his in his body, <laughs> nothing but sugar, high fructose syrup. Uh, but yeah, he uh, yeah. So eventually, uh, me and my cousin were supposed to jump him. Right, my cousin <laughs> moved in. What? This is all true. My cousin and I, we like we're gonna jump him, right? Because he, y'all planned this. He y'all broke, said. yeah, because he broke Vazel's. Vazel moved in. Um, yeah. this is my cousin from Georgia. Uh-huh. He basically, they, he's from Brooklyn originally, but they moved out to Atlanta. He had beef with his mom. He moved back to New York this and he stayed his, with us. And his mom is another sibling of Uncle Ricky's. Yeah, that's okay. my aunt. Okay. And um, basically, my house growing up was like. You know, my my grandmother was the matriarch of the yeah. family, and she had the house. Anybody get in trouble, mm-hmm. anybody need help, anybody need a home, they go yeah. to 464 Chauncey Street. Mm-hmm. So that was, it was like, all the parties were there. It was like a lot of love. But it was just like stories, mm-hmm. and I'm just going through one part of it. But um, what was I talking about, Ricky? With- Are you and your cousin about to junk Oh, Ricky. he broke Bazell's VCR. So he was breaking into Bazell's room. And we had a two, basically the basement was like a two bedroom basement mm-hmm. with a large living room. Yeah. And um, he he used to break in from the living room and go into his room and watch TV and watch his tapes. And he probably had some pornos in there or something. I don't know what he was doing in mm-hmm. there. But he used to go into Bazell's room and he broke Bazell's VCR and Bazell came home. And this is the jail shit. Ricky, you, uh, you broke my VCR. And Ricky's like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Because, <laughs> you know, it, it, like... <laughs> Like the hood shit is, and, and 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 criminals, they just don't know what the fuck you talking yeah. about. They will break your shit, help you look for it, don't know what you're talking about, and you will see them break your shit. I ain't touch it, like yeah. you know. So he was like, I ain't break your shit. Bazell's flipping out, so I'm finally like, yo, we gonna jump him, right? Because I, <laughs> he's been talking about fucking me up when I turned 18. So I was 17. Uh-huh. He's been talking about that since I was eight. Like I'm gonna fuck you up, little nigga. I'm like I'm eating cereal, like so he because he hated me because you got the love and attention exactly. And my grandmother growing up, she was very abusive to him. Mm. Like 
and you know just verbally like yeah. you ain't shit you ain't gonna be shit mm-hmm. that old southern yeah, 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 just yeah, beat yeah, you yeah, down yeah. Mm-hmm. rather than bigging you know yeah because they give uh, you because confidence. they think i'm showing i love you because you live here yeah and i feed you and i put clothes in you so what more do you want exactly and now i need you to be who i want you to be and it's just cold yeah and it's just cold I know. and so when i came around and she raised me she had me since i was five mm-hmm. so when i came around she was she was like i'm gonna do better by mm-hmm. this young man so and i got toys she called me a little bitch a few times and a little <laughs> faggot, you know, because I was, you know, but that's just who she was. Yeah. But she gave me more love mm-hmm. than he got. Um, and he hated me for that. Mm-hmm. So it started off. So he was always like, yeah, when you turn 18, I'm going to fuck you. Because I used to talk a lot of shit, too. It's not like I was like a Because you good were probably kid. a brat. I thought I was hard. Uh, you, you know, was a brat. I, yeah, you I was, was a brat. Spoiled. I was spoiled. Mm-hmm. And I thought I was tough because, you know, my little friends. And he was telling me, you ain't, you're not tough. And you're going to stop talking to me like that. And I used to be like, why are you always in the living room? Like, you know, <laughs> and as a kid, it started off. But as I got older, he started to hate me, you know. So mm-hmm. so I was like, back to the story. So I was like, yo, let's jump him. <laughs> so we corner him in the hallway. And he's like, yeah. And, you know, that's never oh, good. That's, oh, yeah, because he was happy. Waiting. He was happy. Yeah. And that's not good. So um, after he yelled, yeah, I jumped at Ricky Bazel jumped with because we like wrestled first, right? Mm-hmm. And he wanted to see how strong we were. He was like testing us out. Um, but he was getting older too and a little out of shape. But he mushed Bazel. Bazel ran. What? Yeah, he ran. He left the crib and then Ricky knocked me out. And when you came with to. With an open fist like this, like when, some karate. When you came to, who was there to pick up the pieces? I came to pretty quick. Like he ain't knocked me out cold. But he like hit me so hard that my he bust my nose and my head was like against the wall because the basement was kind of tight. Yeah, and he pretty much just walked away. And like, so, how did you explain your war wounds? Oh, Bazel, Bazel ran upstairs, told my girl he got kicked out the house that night because Bazel ran away and ran up like grandma. No, he moved. No, he moved in with my sister same night. Who Bazel? Your cousin? When he ran away, when he ran, he also ran away <laughs> from home. <laughs> So like <laughs> he he didn't just run. Like, I should have mentioned that he ran away. But now I like think about it. Yeah, he moved in with my sister because he was like, "Yo, I cannot live with this dude no more. Like he's crazy." And then your uncle got evicted that night. He got evicted the same night. She was like, "You got to get get out." She was crying because it's she knows she's sending him out to the streets yeah. to kill somebody. Because I've seen this man get stabbed in front of the house. Some guys jumped out of a van. Some bet. Like and you thought you was gonna get the best of him? I know it's my like to be honest with you. I know he wouldn't hurt me. Yeah, hurt yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? But you just so to that's that's even why out. we wrestled to start. Mm-hmm. Like I was throwing punches, they weren't landing, but I went to re- and he allowed us to wrestle. Okay. He was a grown man, like he was probably thirty five, <laughs> and I was seventeen. Yeah. So it was like I could do whatever I want with this kid. Yeah. So he literally hit me with some karate move. And like, just I slid down the wall, and he was like, "Let me not kill this kid." But he didn't have that twitch in his eye. Like I've seen, mm-hmm. he's crazy. Like he's crazy. I'm not even joking. So how does that shape you? How does it shape you now? Like, I, I, I think it as a gave man, me a sense as a humor. father, really. I think all my like the like my entire childhood like created, and then adult life like being like around a totally different like type of people. 
you know, mm-hmm. both race, economics, the, the, just the way they thought, you know. How did you get from Brownsville to working in finance? Well, I was going to the military because my, my grandmother passed when uh, I was 17. She had cancer, colon cancer for a couple of years. She was battling through chemo. And pretty much when she passed, I was on my own. So, like, so no one, like, no one looked at, like, I remember when I was 13, they called me. Um, into their room and they said we're too old to chase you you go to school for you mm. yeah so like no i haven't showed anybody a report card in Since 20 years like yeah like it was just one of those things like it was like you're on your and when nobody was chasing me anymore i was like yo and she was she was dying so i had to like grow up because i was a goofball mm. i wanted to be a com- i actually wanted to be a comedian as a really little kid but once she got sick that thought it took a, years before I even thought about it, mm-hmm. you know, just because it was like, oh, I got to get myself together. And I haven't done, I went to Erasmus, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I'm like, my my trajectory is like, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, at Target at best, right? Yeah. So, so I was just in that situation. I didn't have the home life. I didn't have the money. I didn't have the advice. But my aunt and uncle, they were doing well on the mm-hmm. top floor. Uh, one was a principal. The other worked in finance. And he kind of geared me because he wore a suit every day mm-hmm. and he was smooth. He drove a nice car. And my grandfather was a mechanic mm-hmm. and a truck driver. So I was like, uh, I want to be like this guy. He smells good. And you like on some greasy stuff. So my grandfather kind of resented me for that because he was like, oh, you want to. He was like, you don't want to get dirty. And he, and he used to try to make me feel bad. But I was like, I don't. So when your grandmother passed away, it was just you and your grandfather in the house? And my and my cousin, Bazel. Oh, he came back Yeah, after. he came back. He came back because <laughs> after Ricky was kicked out. So he stayed away maybe a month or two. And then my sister was like, yo, Ricky not even there anymore. You got to get the fuck out. Because <laughs> she was married. You know? Oh, wow. So uh, he moved back because if Ricky was there, he was not coming to mm-hmm. the building. Um, and then he moved back. And then we were like, yo, what are we going to do? Because we were like, so it was just three bachelors, I, yeah, pretty much a grandpa exactly. and you and your cousin. Starving, though. Oh, like, really? I used to steal, um, from, I used to work in a Varick McDonald's, and I played ball, and I wasn't supposed to have a job, but I used to work at a Varick McDonald's. I used to take the whole bag of grilled chicken out the freezer, bring it home. I used to like just steal grilled chickens from work, and I used to cook those. We used baking cakes at one point. Like, we <laughs> what, was, what do you mean to eat? <laughs> we used to bake mad cakes. And I remember one time Ricky Who came over to, bake to visit. Cake? We learned how to bake cake. We had a couple cakes fall. I'm not even joking about this. Like, cause my grandmother, when she got sick, she had mad cake mix. She used to always make cakes. Mm-hmm. She used to make bomb cakes all the time. She was kind of a big woman, but she used to enjoy making strawberry cakes. So she had all these cakes, but we had nobody to give us money. And I worked at McDonald's, and that was the only money. So and your grandpa didn't give you money. He was trying to keep the house. Oh, okay, okay. So okay, he okay. he was broke. Mm-hmm. So it was. I, we she had cakes. We basically went through all the groceries, and then we came up on these cakes. And it was Jiffy cornbread mix. We of had course. like twenty boxes of those, uh-huh. but we had like twenty boxes of cake mix. I forgot the brand, and we was making cakes. I remember my uncle came in. He was like, "Look at you faggots! Every time I come in here, you're making cakes." <laughs> <laughs> and he just walked out. Yo, that shit was one of the funniest. Like me and my cousin to this day. We laugh at that shit. We're like, remember when Ricky came in the house and we was both making cakes? We used to compete with our cakes because we didn't like each other like that, me mm-hmm. and my cousin. We're, we're, we're like a year apart, probably less than a year and months, but um, we would get in the fights. We fought, too. 
Like, I also thought it was my house. Yeah, of course. I was a little asshole, too. So who made the better cakes? Bezel definitely made the better cakes. <laughs> but I never told him he made the better cakes. Because I was a little sloppy with my cakes. Mm-hmm. He took the time, made sure his cake didn't fall. And he, he used to be like, when you see my cake fall, he, he used to love when my cake fell. Wait, so y'all would just eat cake? We eat cake. We would just have a cake. Okay. We both would have a cake. But it in the wouldn't fridge. be like a meal. It would no, be like... we weren't eating cakes. <laughs> <laughs> we would just make a cake. Yeah. Because the cakes were good and we were poor and we had cakes. Yes. So you make the cake. So what did your grandfather come when he home and he's seeing two cakes in the refrigerator? He have a slice. <laughs> <laughs> he have a slice. He would eat your cousins. There over was yours. like only a few things in the fridge too, and then like two beautiful cakes. And you would decorate them too. You gotta put frosting on them. Oh my god! I put sprinkles because you know some of the frosted, yeah, the hood, real mm-hmm. that nasty yeah, I frosting. Hate it. I hate but it come with like the yeah. sprinkles. I used to have stars on my joint and everything. Well, my cousin, he was a little bit more meticulous. His cakes were very like shaped what does well. he do now for a living uh he works at choice point they're like a data collection firm oh, okay. in georgia yeah. oh oh he went back to georgia yeah, yeah. He oh yeah he again. moved back yeah well he had no choice oh why my aunt kicked him out it was that's a whole nother thing the aunt that lived upstairs yeah that aunt yeah because you know they the house gone the house worth 1.1 million we sold it for 215 when yeah after the crisis idiots man idiots i should have bought the house that's my fault I didn't buy. The, I didn't want to ever go back to the neighborhood, though. Like literally, like it's like I don't. I, I was like, why would I move back on but that block? But at this point, this is like you, you've but already you moved, you, you moved out of the house. You've gone to college. You graduated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You started working. Yeah. So this is about like ten years ago they sold the house. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. About two thousand, they forced us to sell the house because me and my sisters wouldn't sign because we were part of the state. Mm-hmm. But they forced us to sell the house, and you know, niggas with money. I mean, it's just as soon as she died. Uh, they, oh, them well, kids well, them kids started coming out the woodwork these are her kids these are her kids of course and they yeah. was like this is what we want and yeah so they was like you, we want to sell it and i was like where did you, your grandpa had passed it? away or he no he's still alive so wh- who's taking care of him her best friend he's with her now old school wait excuse me pardon why your grandfather is now dating your grandmother's best friend yeah miss dixon how long have you been together since my mother passed she told her she told her i'm a pass she was Miss Dixon was alone. She said, "Take care, take care of my man." And she took care of some old school. That's shit. That's some old school shit. Old school shit. Yeah, still with her, still together. Dude, are they in love? Yeah, that's They're doing sweet. Well. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. I've never seen no shit like it. That is really yeah. sweet. They've been together ever since. Yeah. Wow. Oh, that's cute. Yeah, my grandmother was a little cuter. <laughs> I, I'm not in love with it, but it's cool. Wait, but I, mean, I don't hate it because he needs somebody. He yeah. literally, and this is another reason why I'm spoiled. Like, he got bathed. He used to come off the road and get bathed. Like, I've, I wasn't allowed in the kitchen. Like, my sisters would bring some, you know, some different stuff. I don't make no place in no barbecue. I don't know how to make a plate of barbecue. Wait a minute. So, like, your 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 grandmother catered to her catered, husband. Yes. Yeah. On some old school. Like, so, like, when he came off, off the road. Nails, yeah. You know, I think women clip their man nails. Up. No, no. That's a damn shame. No, 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 no. What? No. Look. You clip your man nails. You 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 got to keep your man looking kept. <laughs> you got him out here with long nails. <laughs> he don't look kept. That long pinky. Yeah, finger. brother um, ain't kept. Okay. Let me say this without sounding like a super independent woman that don't need no man. <laughs> I would clip my boyfriend slash husband nails 
if it wasn't if it was a thing it's not like a weekly like i hate me clip your nails not weekly i mean but you're not gonna have it's all about keeping your man kept if i but you mean to tell me that you don't know how to clip, clip your nails or yeah, you or you want the love behind it you like the, the love, love behind, behind it's it. the act that's why it's not every week because we we had our nails on our own but every now and then give, give, give me a hand boy let me get your nails. And it's like, oh, you get my nails? You know, and it's just one of those things. You you, you could trick a nigga even feeling like a king. Without oh, yeah. him. Like, the good ones, they will have you thinking they doing everything for you, but they ain't doing the damn thing. Yeah. That's did you ones. Did you see the um the backlash after Sierra posted that thing about, okay, so Sierra, mm-hmm. um, you know, the singer slash uh, whatever else she does, who's married to Russell Wilson, she posted a video from this pastor named john gray and the premise of the video was saying how women if you want to be a wife you need to you need to act like a wife like you need to okay let me, i don't want to fuck it up because i because mm-hmm. people got really upset about it so yeah that sounds like something i might be into already <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. here's what the scripture says he that finds a wife finds a good thing didn't say he that finds a girl that he's attracted to, who he then begins to date, who he then calls his girlfriend, who he then buys a ring, proposes and makes her his fiance, who he then marries later, who becomes his wife. You're not a wife when I marry you, you're a wife when I find you. You become my wife when I marry you. But a wife is not the presence of a ring, it's the presence of your character. Too many women wanna be married, but you walking in the spirit of girlfriend. Ask the Lord to deliver you from that spirit and carry yourself like you're already taken. And I promise you, when you carry yourself like a wife, a husband will find you. But if you keep walking like a girlfriend, boys will play with you. All right. You know, to be honest with you, anything a pastor say, I'm like, I'm not really fucking with it. Because, yeah, but but he had some really good points. Okay, so what are his points? Um... He was he was just saying you're a wife. You're just you're my wife when we get married, but you're you you should carry yourself and act like a wife when you're dating. I think okay. When I, you know when you say some shit out loud <laughs> cuz cuz it sounds crazy. Cause, yeah, it does sound crazy cuz if you act like that, Sierra's shitting right now and See the thing is, Sierra. See, so the issue is twofold. One, people come at Sierra like you was not saying all this shit when you was yeah, getting exactly. dragged. She you was getting dragged yeah. by Future talking about he got you. You was with a nigga that got mad baby mamas who t- who says I rather do drugs and take care of my kids. So now that you got Russell Wilson, is that no, but <laughs> <laughs> but he basically was like I, my kids know that me being I'm not gonna be around. Like he basically was like I work too much. My kids know that that I buy them shit. Yeah. But, you know, Future's an idiot. Um, so when you was going through all of that and crying and had your daddy coming off the road and helping you with your kid because your baby daddy was nowhere to be found and all of a sudden you want to be abstinent and you get some soft nigga to marry you because, let's be real, Russell is pretty soft. Um, I don't know how soft he is. I'm just saying soft compared sens- to- sensibilities. like You know, and we've been conditioned. We've been conditioned. Soft or good brother? Okay. okay. All right, because... I don't want to say he's all right. He's not soft as in a being. He's not I see, a pussy. I know exactly what you mean. But right? I'm saying he's a type of man that was going to be okay with being in a woman that wasn't going to fuck him. Good brother. Sound like a goodie to me. I mean. Yeah, sure. 
Yeah, he sound like, but they, they're corny, right? They're corny. I don't know if he's corny, they but I'm corny. just saying that that's, that's not the ma- that's not the major that his approach. Okay, put it like this: Russell Wilson doesn't seem like he has an ego, and I think the oh. ego goes. I mean, he's an athlete, but I'm saying like in like in real life, he doesn't seem like he has yeah, an ego okay. because he's a, not projecting into the world proje- like futures. Yeah, and, and also an egotistical man would have been like, "Yo, B, you're not gonna be talking crazy about my wife and my and my stepson." You know, like because mm-hmm. Future was having all this beef about him being around, and you know, Russell not having an ego was like, "I know this is not my son, but I'm gonna treat him like he's my son because you're not here." Mm-hmm. I don't think a lot of men would have done that without yeah. trashing the father. Like this nigga ain't shit. Come on, the money team. Exactly, and that's why I have the utmost respect for Russell. I'm team corny dude. I've been team corny because I was a corny dude. Oh, when did you stop being corny? When I started to play the game. When I decided to play the game, I, I realized because naturally, like who I am is mm-hmm. a corny dude, mm-hmm. right? I'm a who perceived corny. I'm a nice guy, mm-hmm. you know regular nice you know i'm not like <laughs> i love how some you creep, keep, keep but, knocking it down a couple but of i'm a nice guy um I, I i'm not all into you know fashion and thrashing chicks mm-hmm. and and just you know being you know a, a womanizer mm-hmm. it felt very uncomfortable when i was mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying at, at a certain point you know so i'm always team corny guy and i notice women aren't into corny brothers until it's too late I think that women like corny men if they are assertive and aggressive in other aspects of their life. So, like, if you have a stable job, if you are a goal getter and if you're motivated, then you liking, you know, to collect Teenage Mutant Ninja Dolls is mm-hmm. fine. Yeah, I, I think if any girl dates you and she gets past that, but the but the 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 image you have to put out there, right? Like when I when I would just wear. I got more chicks in a chain than I did in my suit, which is sad. But, yeah, but let's point. talk about the but caliber of women. Older, and the caliber. But, you know, a lot of these, like, hoes, they mixed up in the regular women, <laughs> right? You know? Like, we don't know who who's a hoe. You don't know because you don't, because a hoe can dress themselves up. Exactly. And they're dressing to, themselves up like a mug now. But now that's why you have to have the conversation. You have to know how to talk. See, the thing is, men get trapped because they don't have the conversation. They don't talk about the things that they need to know in order to figure out the quality of this woman's mindset. But then you date the, the lawyers busting it wide, too. Look on Instagram. I got homegirls who are lawyers, doctors, busting it wide on every yeah. vacation. Hey, bop, make sure you get yeah, that pick. Yeah, that's over cool. But you know what, though? They can hold a conversation. They're putting out that bait. Cause they want something. They want to get shows. Let me tell you something about these hoes. <laughs> they caught up. They convo is on point. They talking about businesses. They talking about everything. They got YouTube videos. They watching something. They educating themselves. I'm telling you, you do not know. It's very hard to figure out who the hoes are. I'm telling you, they have taken it to another step. They've they've been reading up. Yeah, because you got you got to level up. Let's yeah. Say. You they level eat up. where you eat. They oh, get, yeah. They hang where you hang. They in the spots. Oh, wines. Okay, let's go to the vineyards. I don't know. Holes is up in the vineyard. About wine. I'm just saying. They, they Do you have. like wine? Not really. I don't like wine. Well, I'm more of a liquor guy, but yeah. Yeah, I like sweet liquors because I'm a pussy. I like it to taste sweet like... liquors. Yeah. Like what? Which one? Uh, uh, my go-to right now is um, honey jack and ginger beer. Oh, that's dope. Yeah. That's a good drink. That's a, Thank you. That's a good drink. Like, I've had that drink. That's not too bad. I know, but I like it. I, my drinks have to be sweet. 
I thought you were gonna say like grape Ciroc or something. Oh no! Yeah, that's what you, no, when no, you no, said no, sweet because no, no, that's no, like no, the. No, no. I like um. I used to do coconut, but then I realized I'm allergic to coconut, so I I don't do Malibu anymore. I what happens when you? Um, I get my scratchy throat. Okay. I get so a scratchy it's not too throat. Bad. It's not too bad. It's not like okay. go to hospital, but I get a scratchy throat. In my ears. You know how the inside of your ears start scratching. All mm-hmm, that you know. Mm-hmm. People do that. Mm-hmm. I can't reaction. do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just get a. So I just stop because I'm getting older, so my body's changing. <laughs> you and me both. I'm old. I just turned not, 37 though. and I feel terrible. <laughs> I feel so shitty. I don't physically feel shitty, but like mentally, every once in a while, like at least a moment of the day, and I'm like, oh my God, girl, you're 37. Really? <laughs> you know, it's so crazy that women think that. Because I, I don't know if guys really, I, I know I don't. What? Like guys don't be like, hey, man, I'm. You see these motherfuckers, they 40 years old thinking they... Yeah, because men's, men can have kids forever. I'm not saying that I want to have kids, but men can have kids forever. Okay. So your mortality your mortality isn't is like we don't perishable. Have something. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, you're not looking at it and be like, man, I'm going to be a rat when I turn 45. Or, you know no. what I'm saying? Like, women, women's attributes are beauty and youth. Mm. And, you know, intellect and all that other shit comes way down, yeah. down the line. Yeah, but it is one of those things. Yeah, I don't know. Just, I feel like thirty-seven just feels weird. Like thirty-six is like oh, I'm thirty-six, but thirty-seven is like oh, I'm I'm forty. You think oh, because you passed? Yeah, the hump. I'm over the I'm the over hump. the middle. I'm yeah. over the I middle range. I turned thirty-six in um in July, so it's like one of those things. It's, it's I guess thirty-seven is like I shouldn't even be laughing at half the shit I laugh at. That's how I feel. Oh, we're always we're, we're fucked in that matter because <laughs> the things we laugh at. And where we find him? Do you? How do you manage that when you were in the corporate setting? What? Like, well, you were in a creative setting. I was always, so in, yeah, different. I was always. But I mean, what you mean like laughing at inappropriate things? Yeah, or, yeah. Oh, I just have I have a very, very, very good deadpan face. What like when I find something funny, I I become way more expressive now that I'm in comedy. But before I got into yeah, comedy, uh-huh. I was very stoic, po- really good poker face. And if I thought something was funny, I'd be like. Mm. That's crazy. And that, really? would be, that would be in my mind. I'm like, ah! But I'm like, mm-mm. That's, and that's I've only stupid. known you in your comedy mm-hmm. years, and you've always been like, hey, yeah. what's up? How you well, doing? Well, you think I'm way more animated than I am. Um, I think you just see me on good days. Every time. <laughs> <laughs> every single time. Because <laughs> you're always like, hey! You know, so yeah, jovial. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. That's so nice of you. I think it's changed since I turned 37 a couple weeks ago. A couple weeks. And <laughs> <laughs> like three. <laughs> I didn't even do anything for my birthday. What did I do for my birthday? Um, I never do anything. I didn't do anything on the day of my birthday, but the next day I went to this party called Afro Beats and Trap Music. Yeah, I've been. It's my first time going, and that made me feel old. I walked in there, and I was like, oh, is shit. It, is it young? Yeah, it's young. It's like, yeah, it's like. A, it's 30s. I felt, no, 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 no. It was people who I was like, it was with my best friend. I was like, these motherfuckers are home for a break. <laughs> These are kids in here home for break. Because okay. you can always tell when a young kid is trying to look older at a party. Mm-hmm. You know, because I remember when I was in my early 20s, I would go to an after work event and I would oh, put on some shit like I went party. to work. That was us. Yeah. That. After work event was popping at popping. fucking six to nine. What was it? Um, What was the name of the one on 20? What? Not Taj. Taj always had a good Taj one. Taj always had one. I love that. Oh, do they still do Lon- what was it? What's the. Crush from FIT. Yes. I forgot the name. I know exactly what you're talking about. But yeah, all of those after It was a black home. Mm-hmm. That, that one was black home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That one closed down. Those they were dope, man. Down. 
But I never had a, even when I had a job in my twenties, I still didn't have a corporate job. So I would like mm. try to figure out what corporate people looked like to look like I came from a corporate job. And yeah. it was always something. Because I remember at the after work, we used to be like, that bitch don't work. Because <laughs> <laughs> she having like, yeah. dread, like, like club shoes, yeah, but like, exactly. uh, like wide legs, business like, pants. Yeah, yeah, what work yeah. you come from that tight dress? And uh, she trying and to get some work. There, you be like, they don't work. I know, isn't it terrible? Wait, so how long? So how did you get into finance? We talked about this briefly. Oh, um, so you wanted to be like your uncle, and then you went to college. Yeah, I went to college. Went to college with uh, trash bags. I remember the students looking at me like, "Yo, this brother don't got no suitcases," because I had like eight garbage bags. Damn, who took you? Who dropped you off to college? My grandfather. Okay, he gave me fifty dollars, and he said, "Good luck." And I said, nigga, 50. I remember looking at that 50. I was so mad because the other kids got bank accounts uh-huh. and stuff like that. But he, after that, he was sending me money. Okay. But the fact that he gave me 50, like I was at Great Adventures, I was like. like Where did you go to school? Cobleskill was the first school. SUNY Cobleskill upstate. Okay. Missing Cobleskill, New York. Nobody. So he drove you up there and dropped you off. Him and my sister. Drove me up there and they crying and all. They Who was crying? My sister. She was so proud because she, she was in Delaware and she you know, and it was, we were the, we come from, uh, you know, someone that did drugs, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So the fact that all of us went to college wow. was like a, it was big, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, and I find that that happens though. I find, I find that this sounds so crazy. I find that first, <laughs> first generation kids of crackheads mm-hmm. tend to do really good in school. I don't. I mean, like, I mean, like the first wave of crackheads, like the, like, the first wave, like you know what I'm saying, like <laughs> you call it a wave, <laughs> the like, first wave, you know what I'm saying, crackheads. like, the, like the parents who were like probably was doing something and then got on crack, you know what oh, I'm saying? Oh, okay, okay, like, okay. like not, like not somebody who's been doing crack their whole life, but like a woman, because like yeah. I grew up with people and their mom would like was really smart and had a job, but then started doing crack. Okay, and then the kids is so, like, like they knew, like they had a glimpse of what it was without the crack, <laughs> and they was like, they saw a book, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they was like, oh, no, 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 no. I'm not doing that. Versus, like, this is all they knew. So that's why yeah. I mean, like, the first generation. Because that so lean like, on me generation. Yeah. The, the you want to smoke? Smoke. And he was 12. Yeah. They yeah. talking about crack. Yeah. Like, 12 year olds were smoking crack. They kids ain't shit. No. Oh, they're right. Oh, uh, but I, I I see exactly. You're right. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Because you, you, you saw it and you saw, because I saw you working. You saw the before and after. Yeah. And I just saw working class mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't see the before and after, but I saw what you needed to see yeah. as, as one of those kids that know college exists mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Not that kids don't know, but to be honest with you, i tell you some stories in Brown. Like I had boys drop out in junior high. Wow. So it was just like, damn, my oh. best friend dropped out in junior high. Honey. Are you still best friends? Hell no. <laughs> Hell no. I hope not to see him. I hope they don't hear this podcast. Hey, niggas ain't <laughs> listening to this me. podcast. No, last time, um, I went to a funeral for my boy. Um, that we grew up with. He, he just passed of medical issues. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, I ran into some friends and I was like, how's Hanif? Because that was my best friend growing up. And he was like, man, last time I saw him, half his nose was cut off. And I was like, what? what? And I just stopped. I was just like, yeah. Because he went to jail and he came back with like, his like nose missing. So. <laughs> oh my God. I can't, I mean, even if I saw him, it's like, <laughs> what do we talk about? <laughs> you know, like what the hell are we going to talk about? Well, he been at Rikers, in and out for the last. Damn. So, but um. So you went to college. $50, I went to college. Duffel bags. Yeah. So the the coach took care of me. 
wasn't ready for college. Mm-hmm. First semester failed every class, right? Every class. Mm-hmm. Like, it was just straight Fs. Because I wasn't were going. You, oh, you, I was going to say, were you applying? And no, you just... I just wasn't ready for school. Yeah. I just wasn't ready for school. And I was, I felt like the man on campus. It's a small little college. And you like, this tall black yeah, dude. Yeah, I'm on the team. Yeah. There's little white girls mm-hmm. everywhere. Mm-hmm. Talking about, you know, it was like, I was like, oh, I never seen nothing like this. And I was just having a blast. Yeah. And um, I failed everything. And then the coach, he, uh, how do you get me back on the team? Because you basically get kicked off the team. Yeah. Um. So, oh, he put me in summer class. He paid for it. Mm. Probably wasn't supposed to do that. I mean, he was taking money from <laughs> the, he was also the athletic director. Oh, okay. So the way he would help out the, the you know, kids in my situation, he would take money out of it, but he would give us jobs on campus. Okay. But we would never get paid. Got it. So he would just take our checks. Mm-hmm. So he got his money back, and I still hold a rebound record at the school. <laughs> so he he helped brothers. Don't get me wrong; he wasn't no saint. Yeah, he helped brothers that could mm-hmm. put the ball in the hole. Yeah, but um, yeah. So uh, um, so I didn't take the SATs or anything. I just he saw me play. I stole the ball from Cliff on Alt, who was a star player. He averaged thirty points a game, and I was trash to be honest with you. But I was getting better quickly, mm-hmm. and I was, like, coming into my body. Like, genetically, it just came natural. Yeah. I was like, yo, if I played earlier, yeah. that's how I felt. Me too. Yeah, that's yeah. how I felt, because it just came natural. Yeah. Like, Oh, it didn't come natural to me, but I felt like if I had, like, four more years of practice. Exactly. It could have, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You wouldn't have been in state playing ball. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. So, so you I, finished two years, and then you went to? Uh, to Mercy College. Well, okay. I went to Albany first, and then that didn't work out, because I d- didn't disclose a knee surgery. Um, and then I went to Mercy College. Got it. Yeah. And graduated in finance. You yeah, majored in yeah, finance. Yeah, I majored in finance. Yeah, I never failed a class again after that first semester. Look School wasn't you. even hard. It wasn't hard. I just didn't go. And so you've been in finance since you graduated college? No, I was a recruiter out of school. You remember the recruiters? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was a recruiter. I did that for a couple months. And my boy, um, my sister's ex-brother, but I was really close to my sister's ex because this is we were kids and mm-hmm. he used to give me clothes. He was a couple years older. Mm-hmm. So his brother worked at Citibank and I was interested in this management, like rotational program. Oh, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. I know so I was that. interested in the program. I just graduated. So I was doing recruiting for like four months or something. I was like, this isn't it. Like, because Mercy College, nobody know that school. It's mm-hmm. like, what the fuck is that? So um, uh, I told my, I told him I was interested in the program and he told me his boss went through the program. So he was like, hey, man, he was like, this guy really likes me. White dude, Rob Sheehan, I think his name is. But um, he was like, uh, the guy called me. He was like, hey, man, you're in the program. I heard you applied. He was like, come come by my office. I'll tell you about it. It's not an interview. I'll just tell you about the program. So he probably thought, let me just tell this nigga about the program. Yeah. It's a good time. <laughs> you know, you learn a lot. Apply. Good luck. Mm-hmm. But I went in a suit. I, I like it, I took it as an interview. Yeah. Right? I had my resume. I told him why I thought I'd be a good fit. I t- told him about the finance classes, how I did in the classes, and and he just picked up the phone and he was like, "Yo, you got to see this kid." He was like, "He's really he, you know." And I'm a talker, so it's like he he uh and he was like, "This is what you want to say in the interview?" Like he helped oh, me. Oh wow! Oh, so the first interview was a breeze because literally he told me what to say. Mm-hmm. He was like, "They're gonna talk about leadership, so make sure you correlate it with basketball." I was like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> And it was a layup. And he, yeah. he got me the job, went through a couple rounds. Um, and I was at Citigroup for two years. Um, but that was um, in retail banking, right? Mm-hmm. So 
I was supposed to get a branch at the end of the program. Mm -hmm. They didn't give me a branch, so I, I quit. Um, which I'm happy they didn't give me because they I interviewed for Star Star City, Ooh. which is a hood brand. So Ooh. I would have been trapped anyway. Yeah. Managing, you know. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Uh, Excuse me, I want to get these fourteen dollars out of my account. Yeah, exactly. Like, well, you got to put Nonsense. in six. So, <laughs> exactly. give me my fourteen. That's my motherfucking fourteen dollars, bitch. Man, I seen working in a bank in the hood because I, I also worked at the Coney Island branch, oh, Citibank. Wow. Motherfuckers would come in, ask for credit. They'd be like, and they'll, they'll be like, oh, "Can I talk to you for a long about a loan?" And I'd be like, "Yeah, sit them down." And he'd be like, "You you check credit." And I said, yeah. They fucking get up and walk out. <laughs> I'm like, yo, that happened like 20 times. Like, what did you think we were just going to talk? You were going to talk me into Yeah, I, yeah. I don't make no decisions. I put your name in and your social security and they tell you how much they're going to give you. He thought it was like the old days. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. Where I like, you seem like a good guy. <laughs> Let me give you this one. Come on, help us brother out. You know, we in this together. And you see wild stuff in those, when you see the bank accounts in the hood. Like, and- and just working in different branches in different communities. Like I worked in LaGuardia branch, which is your old like mm -hmm. stomping grounds back in NYU. And um, just the, the rich people that don't look like anything. And that's when I really started to see it. Like the the brother or the white guy come in with Ben's keys and broke, you know, and and then and just so see do it. Talk about I see it? Oh, all the time. Oh, damn. And we, it's a secret. No, I know it's a secret, but I'm just saying, but like, do y'all, like, do y'all, because, you know. Amongst we, each other, yeah. Yeah, so, like, when you see somebody coming in, right, do you guys, like, have, like, a little code or, be like, like check this person yeah. out, and then later you be like, you remember that guy? With you the, will with say, the... remember that guy earlier that came in with them leaning kicks? Motherfucker got 800000 in his account. But, yeah, we talk mm -hmm. about that. Yeah. Um, there, A while ago, many, many, many years ago, somebody, like, wrote a blog post, and the person was going around New York City and just collecting ATM receipts that people just mm -hmm. leave. Mm. And 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 did it by neighborhood, and so like the Upper West Side, it was like fifteen mil, like fifteen, not fifteen, but like fifteen hundred thousand mm -hmm. in this account, and then it'd be like Brooklyn, like seven dollars and eighty seven cents. Like they just showed mm -hmm. the like discrepancies in yeah. wealth. Oh, it's huge! It's huge. I remember when I opened up my business account and I went in there. And this I had been doing colleges for probably like two years, and the guy was like, "Well, if you open this account, you have to have this amount of money in." It. And I was like, "I will." And he looked at me. He was like, "Oh, okay." Then they tried to sell you up. Mm -hmm. So um, I just recently saw one of my my godmother um, and family down in South Jersey, and one of my relatives. She was a banker in banking for many many mm -hmm. years, and she was like, "Chloe is so different now." She said, "When I was working in banking, it was like maintaining that relationship with that person, making sure that they, you know, understood how their money grew. But now, if you don't have like four or five accounts, they, they don't, don't give a fuck you. about yeah. you. They don't, they don't talk to you. Crazy. Yeah. That yeah. is mind boggling. I, I used to sit down with, um, because we have numbers, mm -hmm. right? And I was a business banker for three months, personal banker for three months." And then um, a teller for a week. And then I worked in like the corporate office. Mm -hmm. And just being there and just having your time wasted by a broke motherfucker <laughs> is the worst experience <laughs> in the world when you got numbers to hit. Yeah. It's like, oh, how many kids you got? So how many, how, what are your numbers? Like you have to open a certain amount of accounts. Yeah, you like have to open R, a certain like amount of checking accounts per week. How many a week? 30 DDAs, uh, direct deposit accounts. A week. A week. But the thing is like you're not. It's only a couple of days. I know, but you're not soliciting people like you're oh, not advertising. No, but there's always the commercials do it for us on TV and all that stuff. But then we have to go to customers. And normally when you just go in to get your card fixed, 
you know, you're like, oh, my car's not working or it's cracked. Mm-hmm. I need a new car. I'm like, I'll take you. <laughs> I, take it, I take it to the back. I dip your shit, right? Uh-huh. And after I dip it, I'm like, well, what's going on over here? Well, I get your card. I'm like, okay, you got a little money coming. You got a direct deposit. Oh, I don't see a credit card on here. And then I do my credit card pitch. I do my loan pitch. Have you started at home? And then we had a product called City. Uh, I forgot the name. But it was like a snapshot of your finances. And it basically showed. Now I think every app has it. Mm-hmm. But it shows where you're spending your money. Dining, leisure, mm-hmm. entertainment. Oh, like stuff Exactly. Mm-hmm. We had that years ago, right? And we would do that every time. And it would be an easy sell into a product. I was in a program, so I just wanted to hit my numbers to be a good management associate. But I I would never, I never wanted to put a client in a product Situation. they shouldn't have yeah. been in. Mm-hmm. Other guys do all the time. They put wow. two credit cards. Like, why the fuck you owe two credit cards at the same time? Oh. Like, so you see nonsense like that. Now I think they've kind of tightened up mm-hmm. after the crisis and everything, but, but um, you know it was just crazy. I remember working at Coney Island, seeing the bulk of the bills when I run that City Score. It was in cable. The cable bills were like two eighty. Wow. In the hood, in the projects in Coney Island. Why are you paying so much for cable? I used to be like, why? What? You? They got all the channels. Oh. Because you're in the crib all the time. And there's eight oh, motherfuckers in the crib. Yeah. So you have to have that cable running and running. because And you need all the channels. Because you run out of shows. When you spend too much, you ever like <laughs> spend too much time in the crib? You're you like, I don't got nothing to watch. Like, uh, no, but when I, like the day that you would stay home, well, if I stayed home from, from school or work, and you like, damn, it's... Three o'clock ain't shit ain't on. Shit and on. you just watch you the judge extra. shows. Just watch all the oh, judge shows. Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah, when you see the hood, what we spent our money on, it was it kept coming out to leisure, entertainment, and I, it's I, I don't know. There, there's like psychological studies from going back oh, to yeah, slavery, yeah, yeah, yeah. just how it impacts, mm-hmm. and just how you know society tells you, not maybe not to your face, but that you're worth less mm-hmm. as an African American and that's why there's more liquor stores in our neighborhood. We need things to keep numb the pain, keep numb that pain, mm-hmm. keep our mind off of it. You know, so you just saw the cable, a lot of leisure, a lot of shopping because you've never have. You want to yeah. feel. You want that American you, dream. Yeah, you want to feel it. You know, yeah. so it was just it, it was a great experience. That was like one of my favorite jobs. So, how are you juggling your career in finance with comedy? I, and I, that's something people yeah it's, it's it's tough like like people ask all the time like how do you like manage having a having a kid a day job a girlfriend going out at night hanging out with these comedians and trying to network which i'm doing now mm-hmm. i i'm a bad is, father you shut up you're not a bad father <laughs> you're not a bad father at all um the thing is is that you have a advantage because you worked in corporate and you know these corporate comedy gigs pay so much money how do you get those gigs? You know, I'm 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 not as focused as I should be. I just want to say that off top. Why are you not that focused? I am now, but I haven't been. How long have you been doing comedy? Uh, my first show was in 2014. Okay, but consistently. Two years. <laughs> <laughs> consistently two years. Okay. okay. When my kid was born, that she really. Well, okay, you sound so shady right now. You just sat here and said all the things that you do that make you a bad father, and you're going to turn around and say that you started the comedy when you had your kid. Like, oh, I got a baby. Fuck that. I'm going to stage. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Um, it was something I always wanted to do, and I thought I had talent in. Mm-hmm. 
And she's given me motivation to be bigger than I am. Because I think most comics, anybody that gets on a stage mm-hmm. and who hasn't been on a stage, they probably feel like they should be bigger than who they are, right? As far uh-huh. as, w- w- you know, how they're perceived or, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. So, you know, I, I pushed things off forever. And I was like, yo, I got a kid. And I can't push this off anymore. Because I was like doing mics every now and then, yeah, yeah. you know, and then doing shows when I can't. And it was like, I was never hanging out anywhere. It's like, you know, so it was just like, all right. And I, I thought I could kind of navigate comedy that way. Yeah, and no, you can't. You can't. You have to be it's all a in. Wall. So you have to be all in. You have to be. Yeah. And, and people, I mean, just even having a job sometimes, you, you can't even say you have like a decent day job like sometimes because yeah. you could be alienated. There's a there's a comic, I'll tell you off to the show, but there's a comic who worked for like a really prestigious wealthy hedge fund mm-hmm. and for years for years doing comedy and no, and one, no knew. one knew yeah until one time like he had to come to a show like directly after an event and he was like in this perfectly tailored suit and mm-hmm. i was like where you come from he was like oh yeah i work for a hedge fund yeah. so you have to like catch him yeah 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 well i mean you shouldn't be ashamed of it because it no, gives no. you it gives you the experience that you need to be funny and also, you can tap into that market. Like, corporate gigs pay a lot of money. Yeah, I mean, I'll ask around. I I've been to some of those shows. You just have to know the booker. And I, I could probably find my booker for the company I work for, but yeah. I can't perform no. for my company. You know, yeah. so it's one of those things. Um, and I was talking to Alex about that. Mm-hmm. And he, he was saying the same thing. He was like, dude, you should really tap into, like, the corporate finance mm-hmm. and do shows at these different places and be like the finance. Yeah, well, ask, does a person, do people at your job know that you do comedy? No. So not even the person who books. My boss people. knows. I mean, because he, he's a friend of mine. But, okay. Yeah. So ask the person at your job who books these events. Yeah, I have, I have some friends in HR in a few places. So I, yeah. I, I'm going to start sending out emails. Or even if you just say like, oh, I have a friend who's a comic. I think they'll be good. And then I send them a picture <laughs> of me. <laughs> I mean, if you want to do that. It's but not just, my name. I mean. Yeah, just yeah. ask. Just, yeah. I mean, nigga, they know your face. What do you mean? Yeah, you I know. send a picture with a different name. No, I'm but like, who be, is this guy? No, but they'll see, like, in the email. I'm like, oh, this guy, Kevin Sean. Um, and they'll be like, oh, it sounds close to your name, but it's not. <laughs> I think you should focus on it. Yeah, look into it. No, I am. I am. No, I am. But I am being, you know, I, I have been and, can, and would like to continue to be more aggressive because I really want to pursue it mm-hmm. more than ever now because I'm. I like love it, you know. So yeah. it's one of those things, um, but I just didn't know the game, and that's why I, I like grabbed you. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you got to rephrase that. You didn't grab me. Well, I didn't grab you. Hashtag <laughs> me too. Um, <laughs> I uh, uh, scheduled a drink mm-hmm. so we could chat, mm-hmm. and uh, we did. And you gave me really great advice. Advice I haven't gotten from other community and I, I i don't know i, I don't know because i've asked a lot of people like who's the booker here mm-hmm. i just get ignored and like you were the p- oh, person yeah. that like actually told me and people who have seen me perform and mm-hmm. seen me do well like i wouldn't hit up somebody and be like somebody i saw me bomb and yeah. ask for anything i wouldn't ask for yeah you know hey well you know what it is a lot of like times coffee? i find that when people don't want to share information is because they're insecure that they don't, that they aren't 100 percent in that mix already so like if you're secure with your position you don't care about sharing information because it doesn't jeopardize or take away from you exactly but a lot of times people feel like oh you may be a threat or if i if the booker sees you then i won't get booked anymore and if that's the case then you you know you got to eat that or you got to get funnier mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and don't take it personally but someone did tell me reach out to comedians who are funnier 
Yeah. Or, or you know, because that way they don't exactly what you said. They yeah. they don't have those feeling. And you know, so often I was in basically environments where I'm in a, a pretty level pair group, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it's like we're striving for the same exact yeah, thing, yeah, and I'm yeah, asking yeah. questions. You know. Yeah. So and I almost understand, right? So mm-hmm. I don't take it personal. So. Okay, let's end this the way I do all of my podcasts when he actually woke up from her nap. Kevin, Sean, mm-hmm. what makes you a social misfit? Uh, I, I think, hmm, I think I say what's on my mind mm-hmm. and I'm very open. And a lot of times people may perceive that as me being an asshole or you know me being arrogant or or sometimes positive things but i think it's kind of in some ways caused me to be a social misfit um i would say i would say that do you but don't you think that that comes with the world of working in corporate finance not necessarily people aren't just direct and it's passive aggressive that's like oh that's like movies like hey get the fuck over here yeah yeah, yeah. wall street yeah it's very polite very passive aggressive, you know, compliment sandwich every time. Hey, uh, before they tell you you suck, they tell you what you're good at oh, and yeah, then they end it with what you're good at. So it, it, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's not like in the movie Wolf of Wall Street stuff, but I, I think in, yeah, in corporate America, that's where I'm the social misfit because a lot of times I'm just like, why are you getting so upset? <laughs> this shit don't matter, man. <laughs> These well, derivatives aren't even real. Are you, but are you saying that now this because you found? Are you saying that now because you found comedy? Yes, <laughs> but I've always felt that I didn't belong. Oh really? Oh, absolutely. So how did you manage to stay there for so long, just because of the money? When I hit that elevator door button, it's like action. It's mm. time to act, mm. and let me act busy. Let me act interested. Let me act engaged. It's getting it's gotten a lot weaker since I've started doing comedy. So my career is starting to like plateau mm-hmm. because I'm not putting I don't work weekends. I don't check my Blackberry. I don't do none of that anymore. Wow. I'm just going out. So it's like it's like when I'm at work, that's when I do work. Mm-hmm. And um, you can't function like that. So a lot of times I used to sit next to this dude. This white dude, he would get so frustrated where he would get an email Hey, Kev, I got to go take a walk, man. Blow up some steam, man. You want some coffee? He's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, yeah, it's like not this, this is real. And I would see the email. And it would be some bullshit. But these dudes are locked in. They really think the company gives a fuck about them. Oh, no. It's crazy. So how? So what is your exit strategy? I When I get enough buzz and my girl makes more money, I can exit. Oh, wait. Does she know this plan? Yeah, she knows it. <laughs> I tell her every day, hey, you're holding us back. No, I don't do that. But um, it's one of those things. She's a teacher, so she just needs to get in a better district uh, mm-hmm. where they're paying. You can teach anywhere. Like, you know, because um, I need that help. Because right yeah. now I'm I'm providing everything. So mm-hmm. it's like, you know, we need, so I hold you down. And when I chase my dream, I need you to hold me down. And she's, she's, you know, she's, she's locked in. It. Of yeah, course she's, she's for it. Yeah. We got a kid together. So, so where's she going? Yeah. Where you going? Yeah. Nowhere. Ain't a lot of, I tell her every day, hey, Russell, ain't a lot of Russells out there. <laughs> <laughs> Keep your ass here. <laughs> Russell well, is a hero. So thank you so much, uh, Kevin. Let us know where people can find you. What are your handles on social media? Uh, Instagram, Kevin Sean Comedy. 
Facebook, Kevin Sean. And you can check out my website, mm-hmm. which has dates and uh, a video of me doing stand-up. Kevin Sean, S-E-A-N dot L-O-L. Kevin Sean dot L-O-L. You fancy. Well, thank you guys for listening to another episode of Social Misfit. It's always a pleasure. If you like what you hear, please like, share, comment. Check us out on SoundCloud and iTunes and listen and um, and also join my mailing list. Thank you guys. Have a great night. Well, good week or whatever. Bye.